All right, hello and welcome guys. So this is our new, not new, our re-refurbished podcast that we're bringing back. So these are going to be some of our longer episodes if you're listening to this on YouTube. And, uh, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, uh, my dad, Victor, has been doing the podcast for a while. And we decided that, oh, it's kind of a disservice to not have the whole family, the whole Robledo experience on that podcast like it used to be. Um, so this is a combination of things that we've been talking about at Be The Hero Academy and things that we've been talking about for a long time at Nomads of the Purpose. And today we're talking about what I like to call wealthy life formula. So when we were in Washington last... Uh, she said that with a W, by the way, in case it was on fast forward, that was wealthy life formula, not healthy, healthy life, life formula. formula. Yeah, so when we were in Washington last summer, I remember we were hiking out to um, to this lake. I can't even remember oh, what the goat lake, lake was called. Goat Lake, goat another lake. goat lake. And we were hiking out to Goat Lake and we were... Um, by the way, this this lake was an exciting adventure to get to because we, you know, we dropped our uh, RV, our trailer, at this amazing campground. Do you remember what the name of the campground was? Sock Park. Sock Park. Stunning. It was like the campground itself, each campsite was like this little mini vortex of beautiful forest. You didn't have any cell service and there were nice spacious campgrounds and uh, we drove out about an hour uh, and On we- dirt road. Uh, we thought it was not a dirt road because- uh, like when we were driving to that campground earlier in the day, Google Maps tried to send us on this scenic highway. Yeah, and thank goodness I didn't tow across that because it would have been so horrible on our trailer. I mean, we might have made it through, but we might have also like done some major damage to our trailer and truck bed. <laughs> so super grateful that we didn't, but we ended up hitting it from the other direction just with the truck. Yeah, so we'd went on that dirt road, it took like so long. It was like three miles and it took us like half an hour. Point being, we're on this trail and I remember telling mom, like, you know, mom, I think you and dad actually have the highest amount of wealth of every anyone I've ever known. And she was like, kind of to me like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I, no, no. Think of it this yeah. way. The ratio of time to work that you put in might be the most optimized ratio of people I've met. Granted, there might be someone out there who I haven't met who has a better ratio, but it's not like we end up with this um, this swing that we notice in the combination of the RV van life community. Mm -hmm. And we just attended uh, WealthCon last weekend. So it's a conference for people who want to be wealthy and are entrepreneurs and small business owners. And that in general, even if you're not a small business owner or entrepreneur, even if you're in um, trying to have a job where you make a lot of money, we have these polarizations. Yeah. Van life and RV life community sometimes becomes so minimalistic where there's not an, uh, they are living off of so little. And you, we've met a couple people who it's like they're nickel and diming and living on so little a day that they can't spend money on campgrounds. They're super scarce in like the food that they buy and they don't, they end up being eating bad food because they're just trying to live. Now granted, they have freedom. They can do whatever they mm -hmm. want. They can live every day doing whatever they want. But I don't know if that doesn't, to me, Well, we did like that for wealth. a little while, and I recognized that the, this wasn't. It was a story I had told myself, and it was a good transition, but, I mean, we did it for a while, and I go, like, that's not, this is not the purpose in life, is to be as bare minimum and this uncomfortable all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other side of the spectrum is, you know, we've met a lot of people and you were actually in this other polarization at some point in your life. Um, can you explain yeah. a little bit about like that other polarization that you experienced before we moved into our RV? Yeah, like when we were um, 
when we opened, I opened our business, um, Island Tumble when I was 20 years old and I was so driven and it was always more, more, more. And Victor was great. He loved me. He wanted to support me. He's just like, yes, dear, yes, dear, yes, dear. But it was like the other polarization of like, hey, let's, let's max out the number of students in our classes to make more money. Let's, um, you know, every time we got ahead, we buy a bigger house. Every time we got ahead, we buy a bigger, a better car or a more expensive car. It was always more, 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 more. We were feeling like, you know, the size of your IRA is growing and all of these tangible things that are making you wealthy. Although in retrospect, looking back, I should have scaled our business back then and I didn't know any better. And so we just kind of let it dissolve. But yeah, it was the other end. It was like that, that spectrum is what made me go all the way to the other spectrum of when we went through Europe in that first year of RV living, where it was like the minimum, like as little as possible, we're going to vagabond, we're going to not get campgrounds, we're going to sleep on airport floors, because really in the end, it was, I had, we're going to get into this in the podcast, but I had no idea of the quantum field. I had no idea that there was something beyond the tangible reality that we think is, is reality, the five senses that there was such a scarcity mindset that you don't realize that like energy is constantly flowing that you can tap into it. Yeah. And I think like, you know, even on a simple level back then it was like, if I make more money, then I will have more options. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Um, and I was thinking what you're saying on that hike with the, when she said, Oh, you know, you're the wealthiest person. And of course I said, what do you mean? But then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I think of Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. I read that a long time ago. And while Tim Ferriss is awesome and it's great, he's living his dream and and it's a four hour work week. I mean, I pretty much work only four hours. Victor probably work, wishes I worked a little more than four hours. Victor works a few more than four hours, but he still rarely works more than like four hours a day. And, 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 and we have a loving relationship. We have kids with us all the time that are happy and healthy. It's like, I get it. If you're a single guy, in fact, at WealthCon, I saw there's all these single guys and they're there and they, they should be motivated. They should be direct, driven by money per and to be successful and to go for things because the alternative is so many people become apathetic in life. But to be able to like work very little, serve a greater community too. I think that's really important to me. It's not even that we're just making money. I feel like we're making a difference. And to maintain a family unit and thrive, that's actually what makes me feel the most wealthy. It's not just it's not just the money or the lack of amount like the time to work ratio. It's the emotional vibration of our family that Absolutely. makes me feel the most wealthy. Which really leads into the true point of, you know, this podcast is really about how do you get that true wealth, true, truly wealthy life, which is really more about three things. You can tell me if I'm missing something. Okay. But it's about having time, options, and connection. Connection is like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 podcasts in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where in a way it kind of bridges the gap between people who are on either end of that polarization. If you are finding yourself um, on the spectrum of, you know, if you're an RVer or full-timer listening to this, asking yourself maybe not necessarily about, well, how can I try to transition to make more money so that I have more options? Well, you might find yourself then all of a sudden just flipping into the rat race. Yeah, like losing, right, if you're <clears throat> that minimalist lifestyle, you might have and I mean, man, I wore that bad badge of pride on this one, but you might have a ton of time and great connection, 
but very few options and that gets old really fast but you might be on the other end you might be the person attending wealth con and like feel like all right i'm gonna have so much options so many options but at this but the amount that you have to break connections or damage connections damage health on the way it takes so much time but maybe there's another way maybe we'll be able to absolutely tell you. so i think that so we're going to talk about three steps for you to actually claim this freedom, have this freedom, this truly wealthy life without just having to st struggle more and work harder. So the first one that we're gonna talk about is what then? What then is my, <laughs> was the, the sole thought that was running through my head. So uh, last week, I did, like we said, we were at WealthCon. It was hosted by Ryan Pineda and there was a bunch of other, you know, successful business entrepreneur speakers there. Um, we got to listen to Ed Milet speak on stage, which was really cool. Um, and all I could think about was the fact that, you know, all the people in that room are so driven to want more. And this is good because desire is a level of consciousness that can be turned into empowerment. Unfortunately, desire itself is not necessarily empowerment. You're actually still sub the sub the 200 line. Now, 200 line in the map of consciousness is the line where you transition to expansive energy where you can attract things into your life. But when you're below 200, in desire, you are still in retractive energy. So you don't attract things into your life. You still have to um, push a boulder uphill to make things happen. So everyone in that room was in, in desire and I and I respect like, oh, this is cool because a lot of people are apathetic, don't want things. But then my uh, the big question is like, man, you guys all want, they're standing on stage, Ryan Pineda, who has this eight figure company is saying, you need to build wealth so that you can have freedom. And my brain was just like, you don't need money for freedom. The question is, what is it that, what's the freedom is that you're hoping it's, what are you hoping that freedom is going to get you? If you have all this money, yeah. what's your, what then? If you have a million dollars in your bank account today, what then? And what then also sounds so similar. Like, do you remember what you used well, to always tell us? In your... and well, we spent hours, hundreds of hours hiking, talking in well. If money wasn't an object, what would you do? Because I think from a very... Uh, young age, it was really important to instill in that in the kids that mindset of like, hey, what is it that you're truly chasing? It's not just money. It's a sense of maybe freedom, a sense of achievement, sense of recognition, sense of fulfillment. Um, there's an emotion you're chasing that is really at the end of the day, where people come full circle. Like we look at Ryan Pineda and I'm like, okay, you're an Enneagram three. It's very obvious. And so he was chasing this sense of achievement, but you also, the thing is, is like a lot of those are extrinsic values. And so it's really important from the start to tap into an intrinsic value, right? The what then that you're chasing. And so you have to practice, do you think, feel like a lot of time and space of stillness and quiet to even start to know what, what, what then would be outside of the uh, five, 5D, 3D reality, five senses reality, what would be happiness, you know? And sometimes that might be just being able to sit in nature. It might be what you what you have as a van lifer, or you could be sitting there as a van lifer, kind of bored and going like, gosh, a hamburger at the like, <laughs> sounds really good, not for McDonald's, a hamburger like at the counterculture, mm -hmm. mm, that sounds really yeah, good, but I can't break budget. Why do I, why? Do, it's a simple, that's a simple thing, but like, why do I want this thing that I'm telling myself I can't have or is the thing that I want 
extrinsic or intrinsic because it's really important to difference. Yeah, for sure. And I think, gosh, the, that whole line of thought of being able to actually think about what that then what looks like, yeah. that's huge, hard, huge. Uh, it's like what we use the example with um, clients in Beauty Hair Academy, mm -hmm. how you have your swimming and yeah. most people are drowning. And whether or not you're drowning in the rat race or whether you're drowning in um, having to live off of a $10 budget a day, most people are drowning. And it's not actually because of the material world, it's because of your internal world that you're drowning. And the point of life and the true happiness of life is being able to swim towards an island. It's actually very similar to, to the book Happier yeah. um, that you taught us when we were in middle school, which is the idea that happiness is the fact that you are working towards future joy while also experiencing present joy. But it's not going to give you happiness to just have present joy. You have to know what that target is, what that island looks like that you're swimming towards. 100%. I mean, I really try to embody this every day is in the moment as you go through your life day in, day out. And you think in this moment, I wish like um, I wish whatever. If it's I wish I could have had more groceries at the grocery store or I wish I um, didn't have to um, record this video and I was out hiking instead. But no, actually, we've hiked so much that I'm really happy to record this video and not be hiking again today. Um, also thinking about one one helpful one if you're here is uh, envy envy is a helpful oh, one so helpful and so you you can kind of clue in on that that emotion just that that feeling in your day while simultaneously this is the hard part a lot of times this is why we did the drowning head above water swim to an island so a lot of times people can get their head above water and think that that is happiness okay so today I've, i have a all the groceries I want to buy, I bought all the kombucha I want, I went for the hike that I wanted to, this is great. And then you can become stagnant because you're not doing anything to chip away at future benefit. The antithesis of it would be like, you're only looking at future benefits. Someday, someday I'll get to go hike with my kids or someday I'll get to go do that trip or someday I'll be able to buy whatever I want at the grocery store and not worry about how much it costs. Someday, becomes so far out in the distance that you don't realize that you are keeping yourself at a low vibration state in the present moment. And if you're in the low vibration state in the present moment, you will never be able to get to that ultimate happiness beyond the hike or the groceries or Absolutely. those things. So the second part, the second step is so you go, then what? Well, if you think about, well, shit, if I had a million dollars in my bank account, I would probably like, I probably actually still live in an RV. First of all, I would live in this RV. I would own this RV and uh, I would, I would probably stay in an Airbnb when I go on my ski trip because, you know, I love living in an RV, but I really don't want to be that cold when I'm on my ski trip because you go outside and you're all, you're outside all day. You're, it would be nice to just spread out and be in an Airbnb and I would, it'd be great to be able to have that money to spend. I don't need money. I don't need that Airbnb every single day of my life, but it'd be really great to feel like that in that moment. And you think of your then what? And you think about who's who's going to be there with you. It'd be really great, you know, like to do this trip where I have my own space, but I'm also with my family because my family, I've realized, are my best friends and all of this stuff. Then you go, uh, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, we a lot of times, uh, so <laughs> I'm guilty of this one a lot. 
uh, Ed Milet in his speech uh, did this example of most people have vision and granted I somewhat disagree with this a lot of people who are in the the future 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 outcome the future joy have vision a lot of people on the other side of that polarization struggle with vision but so he's like a lot everyone has vision <laughs> let's say you do have vision for a second <laughs> let's say we all do and but most people have a depth perception problem is what Ed Milet said and this is the idea just that it's someday it's in this non-tangible future reality where it's suddenly just gonna arrive you know suddenly my business will take off suddenly i'll have this money and then because i suddenly have this money then all of a sudden i'm gonna get along really well with my partner husband or wife and my kids are gonna be happy and healthy just all of a sudden instead of looking at like well why not make that now what yeah. would the it would be great if victor did a podcast on this because i call him on this one all the time and he, um, he'll always say like, someday I'm going to do this or my coaching business will look like this or blah, blah. I don't want to, um, spoil it. Let him share it. But it's so true. And I'm like, but why not today? Like, why wouldn't we just, why wouldn't we just run that play now? Why wouldn't we just implement that now? And I don't know, maybe it's, everybody says this, but I know Victor says like, well, I don't know how. Yeah. And well, can you give me an example before we go to how though, or, um, Give me an example of what would the why not for different the different things that people tend to want in their future realities. People tend to want, like, for example, if you have kids, they assume that one day that they're going to, like, have time to enjoy the, their families. Um, they assume that one day that they'll have more time for their spouse or partner. They assume that one day they'll get to travel more. Um, what are some examples of ways that people, of what it looks like to be like, why not those things now? Ooh, <laughs> okay working with this wonderful family. And I think of how much, um, how amazing we got to meet their everybody. We met the kids, the spouses. Uh, it's really amazing how I can look at this family and go like, you guys could just wake up tomorrow and everyone be harmonious and happy. And they uh, would love to see that, but don't believe it. And so I think what's the reason that they don't believe it? Because they think that what, exactly what we're talking about that we can't do that until we have money but we can't have more money until we're more organized or until the um we hire more people or until there's all these untils we can't okay so the money's the first problem there's all these roadblocks that we create in our mind that say we can't be more successful without money but we need money to become more successful and so we keep ourselves in a loop and then on top of it we need our kids to, if our kids only like did their homework without complaining, did their chores, followed directions. And that brings up another one is that unfortunately we overall, everyone as a society does not know how to use their throat chakra and communicate. We don't know how to make requests. We fear saying no. And so in that process, the big hurdle is my kids might not like me if I'm authoritarian or a disciplinarian or what will my kid um, my kid might hate me or reject me if I don't let them be with their friends. Now, I can say coming from the other side that I'm an extremely authoritarian, disciplinarian, and pretty much excluded friends from the equation. And I think that while that is not the goal, I don't think it causes as much harm as we think. So the sum total is that we have beliefs that, that are keeping our goals way out in the distance. We have beliefs around how money works and how 
um, relationships work, that relationships can't have conflict, that relationships need um, self-sacrifice, that if when in theory, if we did the opposite, if we believed in our value and we believed that we are allowed to make requests, I think it's kind of my long winded yeah, way. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's like, cause I think the big one that a lot of people, the relationships part, the relationships and money, it's weird how, how interlinked yeah. woven they become if it's like something simple like oh cool you have a perfectly harmonious family you have a great relationship with your uh, partner um you have the amount of money you really want to be making and the, kind of the amount of then cool like it's easy to like just be like oh well you know instead of waiting on someday when you know you get an invitation from another friend who wants to go on this trip or you know when you have some other reason to go on this trip well why don't you just plan the trip now but that's yeah. generally not what most people are working around it's usually well their simple things. one would be would actually be like if if I could just like use my magic wand to be like brainwash everybody like boom this is what's gonna happen you just start from independent happiness with zero expectation outside yourself you just everybody in the family wakes up and is like I'm self-responsible for being happy which is extremely easy because you just choose to smile you don't listen to your brain you just walk around you smile you're like hi and you don't ask things of people you just believe that like everything's going to work for me. I have everything I need. I'm just going to choose happiness. And when you find your brain taking you off that path, all you do is you find one thing that you're grateful for and put all your attention on it. So it could be even meditating or breathing, just like, oh, I just enjoy the silence. It could be your favorite sweatshirt. You put it on, you're like, oh, it's so cozy. It could be your favorite show. You just sit there and watch your show. Now, I understand that like, then we get into dopamine. Well, you could just sit there and watch TV for like three days and not move off the couch. But if that's what the person needs to just maintain their own independent happiness at first, at some point they're gonna want to eat. So they have to go make their own food. There's this like level of self accountability and I know it's getting a little deeper, but it's that easy because then once you choose to be happy for yourself, you're accountable to yourself, then you can easily make like go oh wow i i feel happy i want to connect at the core i think everybody wants to connect with somebody and instead of us feeling deficient and asking people and whether our spouse or our kids or our parents to fulfill our own ha our happiness for us we can flip it and be like wait i just fulfilled my own tank now i want to connect with this person so let me show up and ask and Absolutely. give not from an empty tank but from a full tank Absolutely. It's like everyone's going around um, expecting other people to be what they need. Yeah. Also without communicating is the second layer to that. Yeah. So but much I mean, assumption. Yeah. I mean, you think you really can't, I think, especially like teaching this, teaching this lesson to kids before they get into their uh, late teens and early twenties would be majorly beneficial because that's why people end up in codependent relationships. Granted, there's a level of codependence that's healthy, but like yeah. a lot of, a lot of people's unhealthy relationship dynamics end up coming from the sense of you must be what I need yeah. and I must be what you need. And then people, those two people evolve and grow and sometimes the, they can't fulfill each other's needs as well anymore. Um, and so if you can just look to yourself and be like, okay, well, what am I hoping I'm going to get from someone else in a, in a conversation, in an interaction? That's a hard question. You have to be honest with yourself because you're going to realize that, well, I'm kind of hoping that they're going to, validate me. I'm hoping they're going to affirm me. I'm hoping they're going to be proud of me. I'm hoping they're going to like me. There's all of these levels of feeling that you're asking them to make you feel significant. 
if you can't make yourself feel significant, then you're going to be stealing from other people for your whole life. Right. And it's funny because then if you can do that, if you can start with wealth in the terms of self-responsible happiness, I filled my own tank, I am, I feel whole, not, not like thinking, as soon as your brain goes to like, well, I'll be whole once I'm a millionaire. No, no, no. It's like you just go like, I am whole, I'm good. Then you have great connections with people because you feel like, oh, my tank is full. It is very easy to attract more money, more experiences that bring you joy because you're at the vibration that attracts those things. It's really hard to attract more money, more positive experiences if you're walking around your life depressed, anxious, angry. It just doesn't that doesn't uh, doesn't work that way so sure. the last one that really quick I wanted to touch on is this this um, sometimes I, I notice this more in people who are um, in the earlier phases of their life like people who are in their early, mid, 20s. early 20s and some late 20s where they're um, we're talking about uh, your why not of why you don't just do it and this is where we also get into self-doubt and so I guess even if you're not in your early 20s if you're someone who has self-aspirations of like contribution or purpose-based you know like i really want this job or i really want to like do this for the world or i really want to build this community self-doubt is a big why not of why people do it so i have um you know not to call out my brother but my brother and i have a couple friends not to call my brother except i'm calling out my brother um <laughs> And like from a place of compassion, I get it because I'm still, I still have to struggle with this a lot. Sometimes you go this, then what? And you're, if you're talking career and purpose-based things, your why not is actually not even like a, well, I don't have enough money. It's not, well, I don't have the right partner because this is a self-related thing. It's, well, I can't. I'm not capable. I need to have more certifications. I need to have more of this. And I meet people all the time in their early 20s and late 20s who or even early 30s who say, well, I'm not qualified to do this. Okay, well, is that a story you're telling yourself? Is your why not your own belief of you're waiting on someday when you have more certifications behind your name? What does that certification really do? Sure, so you might have more practice it's, doing certain things. Yeah. And, you know, I have another friend who uh, really would like to be in a different job related to... Um, related to the work that she does and would like to you know have a better boss in a better living situation um so that she could have a better friend circle so that she could have more opportunities to meet up her future husband and wants all these things in a different situation but telling herself a story that i'm not capable enough to even change that but she is changing it but she is she's doing a great job um so that's another one that comes up okay so it's all programming these are all your why not it's all programming it's either a societal programming which that is such bs that told you that you can only get a good job if you go through the traditional school system and get a college degree look around you it is not working for most people and simultaneously your parents it's not their fault they didn't know any better but you know better is that they told you to play it safe, that you're not enough, that you need the you need to be more um, safety security oriented. Um, people don't do those kind of things. Why not? Like what? Um, all the all the just different stories, or or the worst one to me is like, don't do it. It's too much work. Like it's either too much of a risk or it's too much effort. And in the end, I knew when I started homeschooling my kids when they were really young that I was like, I had read enough inspirational stories of entrepreneurs who 
did not necessarily do great in school. And once they had their eye on something that they really wanted, they were so passionate about it that they just made it happen. I've always thought with my kids that way, that like there's gonna be this one thing that they're gonna eventually want bad enough. She called out her brother, and I think he will he will eventually get to that too. It's just not, his numerology's a 44. I don't think he's at that process yet, but when you want the thing bad enough, you believe you're worth it, right? Because that programming is that you're not worth it. You're not worth it. You're not worth the effort. You're not worth the outcome. You're not smart enough. Okay, so he's going to eventually be like, you know what? I want this dream job bad enough that I'm just going to go out and, and put myself in the world because you don't have to go through a certification usually for these things. You, it's it's all about uh, serendipity. Like the... Seize the moment. Uh, just walking with the aligned intention that the opportunity will come to you. That's the biggest problem we have. We think we have to chase the thing, but our problem is chasing. We're not, we need to work on receiving. We just receive it. I tell you, Gabby all the time, we're like, you just, um, you just believe you have such clear vision on the thing that you want. And you just believe that of course, of course the universe wants to give it to you. The universe wants you to be happy. God wants you to be happy. And so if you can just hold that emotional vibration, that thing will come to you. Okay. Like my husband, he's coming back to me today. <laughs> yeah. So third step right. in this wealth formula, and this is the, the, too big, much fun with this one. Yeah. <laughs> the third step is, uh, uh, why don't you, or like do it now. Um, and so I think mm. the big transition point is actually the second step because you have the vision depth perception problem is step two <laughs> where you think that how can you create this now how can you turn the the future dream that you want into adjectives that you could adjectives and experiences that you could just create tomorrow today but then the hard part becomes where you go to step into step three and you realize that wait there's some reason i'm not doing it oh i mean shit if it's easy it's easy if you can just oh cool i have the thing that i want yeah, silly. Why not? Why not just do it now? Cool. Why not? And then you go do it. But most people don't do that. Uh, doing it now, you you confront a lot of of your own internal beliefs, your own childhood, your own inner programmings, the societal conditioning that you've been handed that you don't realize that you have. And so in your do now, if you're not doing it now, this is where you have to tune in, tune in to yourself really start to cultivate if you're not doing it you have to start doing a mindfulness practice because the reason you're not doing it is because you're not aware of what beliefs are coming up for you i mean i was gonna say though like you're not gonna be able to do it you need a mentor you we what did we hear over and over in WealthCon? every, every single, single speech they're just like you need you need a mentor you need someone to do it for wherever you. you're at to get to that next step now it depends on like i get it I looked at a lot of those business coaches and I looked at Gabby and go, yeah, we probably should hire one of these business coaches because that would be our next step. But if your next step is just like, hey, I don't know how to maintain this thing that you're calling this high vibrational frequency of joy and love so that everything gets attracted to me and that I feel self-fulfilled by self-nurturing myself. That's why like, it's real. You do have to do it now. But if you end this video and tomorrow you wake up and you're not doing it, it's because you need a coach that holds you in that vibrational state. I know because that's exactly what we do with everybody. We try to keep them in that high vibrational state. And life happens. You know, your programming steps in and 
you wake up one day and you're like, oh shoot, the anxiety's back. But really quickly, we can pull you back in and be like, that's a lie. Your brain's lying to you. Really remember that it's actually not truth that uh, most of the things your brain tells you is not really truth. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's why our, our goal is to help you change your story. All of those things, why you're not living that life, why you're not in someday yet, <laughs> why you're telling yourself you can't even have someday tomorrow, why you're not doing someday now, is all because of a long series of stories that you've told yourself about the person you need to be, what you need to do for everyone else, what life is about, and they're deeply, deeply rooted in your subconscious. And when it's in your subconscious, 95% of what uh, goes on in your mind is subconscious, by the way. And that means you don't acknowledge it. That means you don't know what it is. So that's why it's sometimes helpful when you have an external, um, external support system, um, external mentor guidance, for us to help you basically pull that darkness, pull those shadows into the light for you to realize. It's sometimes easier to see things from the outside in than when you're sitting in your own cage and not knowing how to get out, where someone can walk up and be like, here's the key, you can get okay, out. Okay, I got a challenge for you. So if you're not ready to like actually make these changes, go have coffee with a friend, okay? Sit, put on voice memos and just record your normal coffee with a friend, then listen to it after. Notice how many times you complain about something. Notice how many justifications, how many stories you have around all of your complaints. Okay. If you don't have a friend to go have coffee with, then just journal on it. Like, I want this, but this is why. This is why. And this that's is why. why journaling is so helpful, especially if you're an introverted personality, um, because you're not going to verbalize those things to everyone. But if you imagine you're talking to yourself, you'd have a lot more complaints than you thought you do. And the things that, the justifications, I'm so, I'm so compassionate about it. I get it. I get it. It's just so just because we're compassionate towards these things doesn't make them right and doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to serve our uh, greater story, our hero's journey. So I understand. I hear like I hear my own. We all have justifications, but those justifications, those are the keys to get you out of your jail cell. And so you have to ask, like, why are why do you believe that they're truth? Yeah, I'll give you an example. I mean, just two days ago, two days ago, I was like. So the thing with changing your story is that it's not like you're never, ever, ever, ever going to have a bad day ever again. But I can promise you that if you do the work that we teach you, if you do our eight week signature program, uh, your story and your bad day will become exactly that, a bad day, not this repetitive pattern that you repeat day after day. And it's not going to become this, this low, like a lot of times we feel in this just sense of like, great, we wake up in the morning, we're not excited. There's like this subtle feeling of anxiety because you know all the things that you're going to have to like deal with in the day, whether that's work things or family things or sitting in traffic, all these anxieties. It's like a day after day after day thing where you're like, great, I have to do the same thing all over again. Whereas if you change your story, it starts to become just, just a bad day. And I caught myself in a couple days ago. It's not necessarily always justifications, but sometimes they're like sob stories that you have for yourself. And the thing is that I want to remind you is that it's, those aren't, it's not that they're lies. Like it's, life is hard. It sucks. It's sometimes it sucks. It doesn't suck in general. Life is great. But yes, all these stories that you are running through your head, I get it. It's hard. It's, uh, it's not that your the things that are difficult in your life aren't difficult. We're not going to tell you that. But the question is whether your sob stories are helping you live a happy story.
because sometimes yeah. you just have to choose that even though it's hard and this is all valid and this person said this and this person did that and why do I have to take all the responsibility in this way even though that is true do those thoughts and beliefs serve the life that you're excited to wake up to yeah so <laughs> to connect connect a dot about Gabby's story so Gabby and Isabel have this insane skill where they can like work extremely fast for an absurd number of hours. Like, so the day when Gabby was feeling this, she put in like eight hours straight on a computer and I have to always walk by and go, breathe, don't forget to breathe. Because she'll just get going and her hands and her are going so fast and her mind's going so fast and she just produces, produces, produces. And ironically, she always tells me too that, you know, the perfect workday for me is four hours. Anything after four and it just stresses me out. But, the, but we have this lifestyle where we go do intense things. And so what happens is like we had done three days of intensity back to back. We did um, three really crazy hikes. And then the next day we're like, all right, it's going to be sitting in a campsite, catch up on work. So you feel like, well, I have this opportunity. I can't like, I'm, there's nothing else I can go do today. I, I know I should work four hours only, but what am I going to do? So I may as well just work eight hours. And then it feels like you get to this point. Remember, she's an Enneagram three because your Enneagram really does tell you the belief that you're stuck in, the loop you're stuck in. And, and then it's this belief that like, I must produce, I must achieve, I must produce more to achieve. And, and it's okay. She has, the, what she's trying to say is that it doesn't mean you never get in that pattern, but she's really fast at the end of the day or the next morning to wake up and be like, oh shoot, I just ran that pattern again. Boom, reset. That's the gift. The boom, reset. I can't snap like Ed Milet does because he snaps and the whole room almost shakes. <laughs> Mine sounds weak. But it's... Yeah, and it's like also too on top of it. This is why it's, it's so helpful to have um, a coach at first, especially like in our program a lot for the beginning of the first phase. Yeah. We meet with you uh, every, every day. day. And sometimes it's literally a, a nervous system regulation that most people don't have in their life. Eventually you learn the skill of having your own mechanisms to go, oh, I need to go regulate my nervous system, whether that's through breath work or I need to go, I need to go ask for a hug or I need to go cry, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's why it's having external accountability of meditation and breath work. And on top of it, we do meditation and breath works with you that are like custom designed to implement the positive beliefs that you need in your life. Yeah, because and, for some reason, people cannot maintain a vision of their island. So I have to come in every day and be like, Here, here's your reminder. Close your eyes, breathe, hold the inhale, exhale. And I start describing that island to you. And it's crazy. Five minutes later, you're like, oh, yeah, I like that island. And I want to be like, why do you keep forgetting this island? Yeah, and then on top of it, why do you, why do people, I mean, think about, I think about myself, think about yourself. Yeah. How often do you go sit down and meditate on your own? Some people, there's a couple people out there, but like I do it all the time. But most of us, even myself, now Grant and I, we had meditation practices for about two years straight. We'd meditate every day, and then we totally just lost. Because it's partly that you learn that life is a meditation. But if That's you're right. not at the point where your life is a meditation, then you need to sit down and make the space to meditate. And if you don't sit down and make the space to meditate, then you need us to hold you accountable to sit down and regulate your nervous system and implement the positive beliefs that are going to make you excited to wake up every day. Yeah, I mean, it's the simple, if you want to do it on your own, simplest way is you just walk around and smile and go, life works for me. And any time in the moment that you want something more, 
right? You want more groceries. You want to buy more kombucha. You want to buy 10 packs of hazy IPA because you're in Colorado and only Colorado has good hazy IPAs. You just, you just do it. You just, you just buy the things. And do it and you do it from the positive vibration because if you do it and you're constantly thinking about in the back of your mind, the lack that you're about to have by spending that much money, then it will not make a difference. Yeah. Then there's disconnect. You have to be connected in alignment with the frequency that you want. I heard uh, with the lady who you, Abraham Hicks. I don't think it's oh. Abraham Hicks. We're listening to Abraham Hicks speech. I don't think, I think it's like a descendant of Abraham Hicks is what I'm pretty <laughs> sure it is. Um, Abraham Hicks YouTube channel and she was saying how you cannot think about the thing you want and simultaneously think about the lack thereof of that thing and I catch myself in that often so that's like second level belief systems fighting against you so you're gonna oh, get I'll do one Airbnb in Hawaii I was I was having trouble justifying okay this justification word that's such a pain for for everyone to overcome justifying this Airbnb because I was like, well, I don't know if it's worth two grand for six nights when like, oh, we need more full suspension bikes. And, and so see, I create a contrast in my brain of either or, either or. And it's like, as soon as you do that, I caught it and I went straight to Airbnb and I booked the darn Airbnb because I'm like, this is silly. Of course I can have both. Of course I can have the full suspension bikes and the Airbnb. Why not? And that's the thing. You have to do that with the universe. I'm not saying you need to go max out your credit cards. I'm saying that if you're not pushing the envelope with your finances and your happiness and your health. And your relationships. Yeah. <laughs> we probably have some more. Yeah. And your contribution and your purpose, your purpose and, and your, your passion. passion. <laughs> <laughs> then like, then the universe isn't going to deliver it back to you. God's going to be like, you're not ready. You're not ready. You have to you have to want to up level and you have to believe you're worth the up leveling which comes back to what we started this whole podcast with what then <laughs> what is the experience the experience right now in this exact moment anything you're thinking about what is the desired experience that you want she's thinking about hawaii well my desired experience is to be in hawaii in an airbnb and also have mountain bikes next summer <laughs> double like you have to just constantly notice what your desires are for on an emotional and experience based level that's your key that's your key to catching all the beliefs that are going to stand in your way those roadblocks and if you need help overcoming those roadblocks and cultivating a vision for the life that you want work with us click the link down below whether you're watching this on youtube podcast um, we can help you get there to live a life that you're excited to wake up to every single day you deserve it make mm -hmm. it happen now all right thank you guys for joining us we'll see you next time namaste, namaste.